0: Jesus is the only way to have peace with God. Though there is only one way to God, everyone's journey to Jesus is unique and magnificent. Here is a story of one's journey to Christ, now on Redemption Report. All right, welcome back to another episode of Redemption Report. Today, we have my stepfather-in-law, Caitlin's stepdad, Bob Grady. And he's going to tell us a little bit about how he came to know Christ as his Savior. So, Bob, welcome. Thank you for for joining us.
1: Thanks, Timmy. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, sure. So, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about just kind of where where you were at in the world and how a little bit about your upbringing.
1: Well, I grew up in Philadelphia, in southwest Philadelphia, uh, neighborhood of Roe Homes, and actually our first uh, I was born in basically it was a housing project is what we would call it today. It was some uh, assisted uh, some assistance you know to my parents to have this place, and we lived there the first few years of my life. Then we moved to a row home, also basically in the same neighborhood. Come from a family of uh, seven, uh, three brothers and three sisters, and of course my parents, and I was uh, I had a great childhood growing up. I had a, thousands of kids to play with, and all the usual city stuff, stick ball, touch football, except when the cars were coming, and that sort of thing, a lot of baseball. I played football in high school, I'm grade school, and part of high school, but uh, my religious training was uh, Roman Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I had uh, nuns all through grade school, and then in high school, I had Christian brothers, the first three years of high school, then after that we moved to Connecticut where I went to a public, my senior year was in a public high school. But uh, So I loved Philadelphia, still love it, get down there, have a lot of family down there, but that move to uh, Connecticut really, in a way, probably saved my life. I mean, the neighborhood I grew up in was getting really bad. And uh, there was always a lot of drinking, but then drugs came in, and not just recreational drugs. Then some hard drugs started coming in, so things were getting really bad. And my father uh, took a promotion in his insurance company job, and we moved to Hartford, the insurance capital of the world. Sure. So, uh, complete culture shock in the beginning, living in a suburb, you know, where my neighbors were. 30 yards away on the other side of Hedges. I thought I was in the woods. And they couldn't sleep. The crickets kept me up. You know, then when the crickets were going, it was too quiet because I grew up with a trolley running up in front of my house in Southwest Philly. But it was a real culture shock up there. But I came to love it. I can't. So I got into camping, uh, The uh, you know, more of an outdoors type of thing. I met some, uh, made some really good friends people i'm still friends with and we lived up there for three and a half years and then back to the philadelphia area where i was for a number of years until i moved to ocean county new jersey i guess 45 years ago i was only 10. no i'm kidding <laughs> <I> <laughs> that's a lot of moving in a short amount of time but that's basically my background. and i'm a musician you know i got interested in music but yeah that's my basic background
0: yeah so Quick clarifying question, you said you had seven, you were one of seven, is that right? One of seven, three and where, brothers and three where sisters. Where did you fall in that order? In the middle, okay. where, you, where you can hide. Okay. You're smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, you mentioned you grew up in uh, going to Catholic school, at least in the beginning. Yes. So I imagine you heard the name of Jesus pretty early on, more than likely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. W- what would you describe as like the, uh, y- you said a little bit about religion, but like, the religious climate of your home, do you think they were devout, you know, devoutly religious, or was it kind of just because that's what the community did, or how would you describe the religious uh, upbringing you had?
1: Well, everyone in my house was an observant Catholic, uh, and I believe, uh, you know, we could, we could talk about doctrinal differences, if you will, but I mean, there's no doubt that the nuns told me that Jesus loved me, And uh, I still remember first grade, the old Baltimore Catechism, and the first couple questions, you know, who made us, God made us, why did God make us to know, love, and to serve him? So that was always in my mind. And even years later, in, in some very dark periods of my life that I went through, I still remember that. So they told me Jesus loved me, they told me the Christmas story that he died for my sins. And uh I believed all that. So as to when I was saved, you know, uh I think I've been saved since as long as I can remember. If 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 being saved believes that that Jesus is my friend and loves me and died for my sins and rose from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father, then I've been saved for as long as I can so you remember. You believe that pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are some things that uh, were asked of me that I no longer feel necessary to do. Mm-hmm. But I do owe a great debt, actually, to the Catholic Church because of what they initially taught me. And they certainly taught me how to read and write. You know, I got a great education. Well, those edu- are good edu- skills. <laughs> yeah, great education. Uh, and everyone in my family, you know, was also observant. Uh, what is in their hearts, I know that my uh, brothers and sisters are today are Christians Uh, some of them are Christians of the Catholic variety and some are Christians of the more, what we would call evangelistic, I guess, uh, for want of a better term. Uh, My mother, uh, we had a picture of, you know, there's a Catholic picture of the sacred heart of Jesus. It's Jesus, picture of him with his heart, you know, with the crown of thorns around it and radiating love, you know. And uh, towards the end of her life, she walked, Passed it and pointed to it and said, That's my buddy. Uh, So I know where her heart was. My father, in his last days, uh, he uh, was quite sick his last, you know, several weeks of his life. And he was praying and talking to Jesus. And I was reading to him from the Bible. And uh, so uh, his heart was there. So I believe they're both passed on that I will see them again one day. That's certainly an encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And my older, my oldest brother, I said it, three brothers and three sisters, well, my oldest brother died uh, only at 44 of colon cancer, and uh, he also believed in Jesus, so I'll see him again, too. Yeah. Oh,
0: so. well, very cool. Yeah. So it, this might be more of a challenging question to answer, being that you accepted Christ at an early age, but <laughs> do you remember if there was anything that um, didn't, like, caused you to not want to follow Christ, or something that you felt like uh, was an obstacle for pursuing Christ?
1: Oh, absolutely, and that would be uh, puberty, when I hit my <laughs> early, you know, the, uh, first off, we're talking, when I, I started high school in 1968, and there were a lot of societal pressures opposed to, to, you know, being a believing Christian. And so that, plus the music and the whole culture and the counterculture, all that was a pressure. And then I say jokingly, puberty, but I mean that. I mean, in that all of a sudden, you know, I'm very interested in girls, and there's all kinds of distractions, etc. And uh, I also learned the hard way that at that time that I really, even though I had a good childhood and good parents, uh, that I really lacked some basic coping skills. So I, uh, developed a dependence on alcohol and, uh, that was, uh, at first a lot of fun with the guys on the corner, drinking wine, singing a cappello. Uh, and uh, that was one of the things I looked for when I moved to Connecticut was people who would enjoy that with me. And I did, uh, one of them's dead today, but I, uh, did develop that problem with alcohol, and and I I know now after many years that it was really a uh, a soul sickness, a yearning, like uh, my wife mentioned in her interview with you, that longing, and and I had that longing, and I had that. Uh, my self esteem was so much dependent on what others thought, that sort of thing, so uh, I filled it you know, with alcohol. And then I became uh, physically and chronically addicted to alcohol. There were many, many, many times when I really, really, really sincerely didn't want to drink and would wind up drunk anyway. So in the beginning, it was fun. Then it became uh, payback. It it took what it gave me back with terrible interest. Uh, So that's a big part of my story. So I, I'm, I'm not giving you a chance to ask any questions. No, no, that's that's really um, uh, good.
0: So uh, uh, my next question is, um, you know, you mentioned that you kind of, ever since you remember, you've loved Jesus and, you know, right. believed in him. But were, was there any, um, do you remember a specific point in time where you gave your life over to God and said, like, I'm I'm choosing <clears> to follow <throat> you and you alone, like kind of that salvation experience? Do you remember the circumstance behind that?
1: Not Not in those years, but I... I think uh, I love Jesus. I mean, when when I went to for communion, right, uh, the the doctrine of transubstantiation. I mean, I believed that I was receiving Jesus and that He was in my heart, and I uh, just never doubted it. You know, I didn't walk around all day thinking about it all day long, mm-hmm. but uh, I knew what I believed. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of what I believed, in addition to that, would be. Uh, you know Catholic Orthodoxy, and you know we could talk about that, but that's probably a whole nother thing. But uh, and and uh, but, you know, as I say, I owe them a debt. Sure, know? even though it wasn't necessarily presented
0: in the you know the the correct way that you believe now, or the same way you, they still
1: gave you that foundation, that basis Absolutely. to go off of. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, so not a point where I I said, okay, Jesus, I'm following you. Now, uh, in high school, began a beginning of basically a twenty-year backslide, and there was the alcoholism, there was the pressures. I became a full-time musician, many, many distractions, and uh, you know, so that was, and, and I had some very dark periods. Mm-hmm. So when I was released from alcoholism yeah. and got sober, I did uh, actually towards the, actually up in Connecticut, I did answer an altar call, and I want to mention this because uh, there was an altar call I answered, and one of the, the guy who brought me to that service was somebody I was working with in a, in a factory at the time, and uh, afterwards, I felt great, you know, Uh, but I had questions, and I wrote him a whole letter, uh, uh, because we didn't have cell phones, you know, and I wrote him a whole letter asking him laying out my questions, and I never heard from him, so I'm very sensitive to that today. I'm very interested in apologetics uh apologetics have not brought me to a saving faith, but they have answered a lot of questions that I had now. not everybody's like that; some people just more i guess like a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Jesus says we're supposed to be like. and But my ego, I had to be beat down to a childlike. Uh, anyway, that's part of when I recommitted. Is. Sure. So, but I wrote him a letter saying, what happens to the Jews? What about the people who didn't hear about You know, the things that, and uh, no answer. So that kind of turned me off. And, and I, to be honest, probably used it as an excuse because I wasn't done doing what Bob wanted. Uh, so... Uh, but yeah, then when I got sober, uh, fast forwarding, and I was we moved back to Philadelphia area, and uh, then to New Jersey uh, after some you know terrible uh, times with with alcoholism. After I got sober, I was sober about a year, and I uh, did another altar call and adult baptism. So I had that mm-hmm. that, uh, but it was like an old friend, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was recommitting, and and. Uh, you know, since then. And that was 40 years ago. So, uh, since then, it's just been an adventure, you know, ups and downs, married, four children, sadly divorced. Although because of the Lord and some of the tools I have now, uh, her and I get along reasonably well, my ex, great relationship with my children. And the Lord blessed me with my current wife four years ago. And, uh, My heart is with the Lord, there's no doubt there, Uh, but I'm not always a real feeling guy. Uh, I'm more cerebral, and so God sent me my current wife, Debbie, who is, you know, real heart, and so there's a nice mesh there, and and, uh, it's been a whole new deepening of my relationship with the Lord uh, because of my marriage, really.
0: Kind of cool how God works that, where he allows you to see more of himself through your spouse right absolutely yeah yeah i think it's you know really good that you brought out you know kind of the uh believing as a child you know younger person and then later in life recommitting and you know a lot of people i know get kind of hung up on you know well did you get saved before did you get saved later you know and the bottom line is it whether the salvation occurrence happened uh early middle late whatever that was it right. happened and right. so you're changed as a result of it. It, yeah. it no we're not gonna get in heaven get to heaven someday and talk talk to God and he like, Well, you're only a two year Christian when you passed away, so <laughs> you get down here, but these thirty yeah. and 50 year old Christians, they get yeah. more toward there's yeah. nothing like it's either you're redeemed or you're not. So right. yeah, that, that that's really good. I know you mentioned kind of your your story. In, in your story about your um, struggle with alcohol. And I realize that would probably be a big change in your life, but you know, setting alcohol aside, you know, cause you are not just Bob, um, someone who struggled with alcohol, but what changes would you see, say that you've seen in your life since accepting Christ, or even if we were to fast forward to when you recommitted as an adult, what changes would you say you've seen in your life since that point? Uh,
1: well, first of all, uh, let me say that because of my early upbringing and my my walk with Christ, although when I was a young guy, I wouldn't even call it that. it was just I knew what I believed and he was with me uh some of the uh nonsense that you might think i got I would get into as a full time musician, I avoided because I still had a conscience anyway, but fast forward uh what uh well, in addition to the obvious of the 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 compulsion and the obsession with alcohol has been removed from me. I tried to stop drinking plenty of times, and it's more like when I'm on a diet, all I can think about is food. This is different. He removed it, and it was it was, it was a miracle. But in addition to that, uh, what I believe, well, Debbie in her interview said the first time she really likes herself, and that's so true that it's in... We think we're going to lose ourselves in Him, but it's in Him that we find ourselves, and find uh, true self-esteem, if you will. I mean, He loved me enough to do what He did for me on the cross, and uh, that means I must be worth something, you know. And and uh, He works with me, you know. He works with me. I mean, I'm a work in progress, like we all are, and thank God I know that. so uh, but yeah that that there there's that has has uh, been a change in me uh, I think I'm more empath- uh, empathetic to others I absolutely certainly have a, I like to call it like a ministry of helping people who might be struggling with alcohol and alcoholism it's the you know the parable about the the Ten lepers who were healed, and only one came back to say thank you. So, I don't want to be one of those nine. I want to be the one. So uh, I do, uh, uh, you know, work with uh, people who might be struggling with alcohol just by sharing what happened to me. And so, anyway, uh, I think I'm um, uh, been through a lot. And the Christian walk is not easy. No surprise. To you. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that that's a good
0: transition. I, what would you say has kind of been the most challenging or what are some of the challenging aspects of the Christian
1: walk that you found since following Christ? Uh, well, the old man is still there, you know, with all my drives and, and faults and, and those things. So it's, a, uh, and it is really, like Paul says, that crucified itself, you know, it's, it's, it could be painful and, and not easy to go against some of my innate selfishness. Uh, Another challenge has been, uh, I, I am impatient, or can be impatient with religionists, as I would call it. you know a a. Uh, the, my path, my my journey with the Lord, has not been exactly what some might see as orthodox, uh, but it has brought me to a great place, and there are some who might think, well, you know, if you don't do it. That way, you're not really doing it or something i I and that's fine, but the problem is how I react, and if i uh you know have a uh, anger or resentment towards that that's problems is with me, not with them, so that's a challenge. I have to watch out for that, you know in fact, that kept me out of church for a long time, even when I was a believer mm-hmm. you know, so. well, since accepting Christ and since following Christ
0: and making him your your lord and savior what would you say is the biggest joy or one of the biggest joys now you mentioned your wife earlier but
1: um is there oh, anything yeah. that you would say is this is my <clears throat> biggest joy i was served communion by my son and my daughter which was just wonderful uh yeah my wife uh, and the obvious that uh, that i'm saved that when i pass on, I'm going to a great place. Sometimes I really feel that. Sometimes I just take it on faith. You know, I don't always feel like that, but I take it on faith. Faith, that was a big lesson that faith to me is not always feeling, you know, but, uh, but I have to be the type of, uh, head guy I am. I have to let the feelings come though, when they, when they come, you know, and Debbie helps me with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, lot, lots of joys, my children, my, my, uh, uh, well, I don't think, I doubt the Lord is a sports fan. I've had some joy there, but I don't know if he's... <laughs> I don't know if that helping. has any re- a f- reflection on your relationship yeah. with him. So <laughs> but I have to say the last three years has been like I'm a brand new Christian again. I went through a very difficult time uh, a couple summers ago and had that really, you know, once again hit my knees and grovel for help. And I got the help, and it's been a whole new journey since then. So that's been a, a difficult, but a joy. Sure, it's, sure. My walk with the Lord is so much closer now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, someone listening to this and you know hearing your story, what would you say would be a big takeaway that you'd want them to have, saying when they look at Bob Grady and— he's accepted Christ as his savior what would you want to be a
1: big takeaway from from your story if you have questions ask and if you have doubts it's okay to doubt deal with it talk to somebody about it uh, get the information you need and if you can't find if you're talking to somebody who's not helpful then talk to find somebody who is helpful so it's on us you know to uh, so if you have questions ask them uh, also, my specialty, if you have a problem with alcohol, there is help out there, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like I tell my kids, uh, the two lessons I would want them to know is that, that God is your friend. God is your friend, and help others, you know, help the next person. Like it says, faith without works is dead. And, and uh, so that would be a takeaway. Jesus loves you, and he's got some good work for you to do. Wonderful. Well,
0: thank you so much for sharing your story. And I love how each and every person's story is, you know, we we go to the same, you know, same way to God is through Jesus. But we all get there different ways. You know, he allows different different stories to occur. And so thank you for taking some time to to share your story with us. My pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Bob Grady's story illustrates the difference between knowing about God and having a relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, "...therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come." Bob grew up hearing about God, but it wasn't until later in his life that he accepted Christ's free gift of salvation. It was then that he began to see authentic change and experience freedom. True and lasting change cannot occur unless this most important first step of salvation is taken. I hope this account of God's changing power is an encouragement to you today. On the next episode of Redemption Report, we'll hear from Daryl Smith and his story of how God changed his life. If you are enjoying these episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a comment with any feedback that you have so others will know how this podcast has encouraged you. For direct contact, you can reach me by going to teawareproductions.com. This concludes Episode 6 of Redemption Report. See you next time.